You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we'll be discussing the profit and loss statement. Although the profit and loss statement is the most commonly viewed financial statement, dental practice owners often miss the value of the details by simply looking at the profit number only. Having a working knowledge of the profit and loss statement can impact how a dentist makes management decisions. Our guest is Trent Watrous, a dental-specific CPA from Nashville, Tennessee. Trent continues to work with practices in various levels of success, from startup to fully operational or actively struggling to overcome prior financial decisions. Trent, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Hey, Philip, it's great to be back with you. Yeah, and for those listeners that missed the first one, uh, tap into that. It's called Understanding the Balance Sheet, excellent summary of how a balance sheet is critical to understanding the financial health of a dental practice, and Trent covers that very well. And to begin this one, we're going to ask Trent to tell us what a profit and loss statement is. Thanks, Phil. A profit and loss statement in its most simplest format tells you whether or not your business is operating profitably. So it's your revenues less your expenses equals your net income. It, it's, it's as basic as it gets. All right. So knowing the definition of it, let's move into the next question, which is what does a profit and loss statement tell us about a dental practice? It tells the business owner what's the bottom line from that practice. So let's go back to what I said mathematically. Revenues less expenses equals net income. If the bottom line is negative, Philip, that's the first indicator this dental practice is having problems. Mm-hmm. So you begin to look at what makes up the profit and loss, and that's what it tells the business owner, those details. So let me give you just a really basic example. Top line is collections from the dental practice. Less wages, less dental supplies equals net income. Simple example. If we get down to the bottom line and it's positive, you know, you've got net income, that's great. The business is healthy. But let's assume for a minute that it's a net loss and the business is losing money. You can then go back and begin looking at the lines. Is my labor too high? Are my dental supplies too high? Or is my my level of revenue too low? So the profit and loss statement facilitates the reader, i.e. the dental practice owner's ability to identify what impacts profitability inside each dental office. How does a dentist maximize the profit loss statement you know, while he's managing the practice on an ongoing basis? Well, the first thing that I think that a, a dentist can do to, to uh, maximize the use of the statement is to look at it. I meet with folks fairly often, and as we get to know them, and I kind of test what do they know and maybe what they do not know about their profit and loss, is that they simply look at the bottom line, and they say, see, I'm losing money. To really appreciate the value, you've got to look at it and study it. It is a learned behavior. Start looking at what kind of costs go into the P&L. The first thing I tell people, keep business business and personal personal. Don't blend in personal expenses with your business expenses because if you're losing money, well, then you'll never know where that is. Or if you're making money and you've got personal expenses in there, you'll never know could you be more profitable because you can't analyze the information correctly. The second thing I would tell folks to to do to maximize the use of their profit and loss statement 
is to know the categories. For instance, in a general dental practice, there's six main categories that make up every practice. There's lab fees, dental supplies, clinical wages, which are your hygienist and your dental assistants, your administrative wages, which is your front desk, then your occupancy cost, and all the remaining go into your overhead cost. If you segregate your different accounts into those six buckets, you can begin to identify areas that may be above the national average, or when you compare them to the prior year, they stand out as outliers. You know, for instance, uh, clinical wages last year for the 2018 year were $120,000, 10000 a month. And here we are halfway assuming through 2019, and they're already at 100. How is it that we look from year to year for just one segment and they're not comparable when we haven't hired anyone? And that may tell us, hey, you've got too many, you got too much compensation in that area. Or last year we didn't recognize bonuses, but you'll know that specific area of your profit and loss and then how you can best identify how to, how to correct it. So first keep business business. Second, Look at the particular categories and what's going on in the categories. And third, I would spend time knowing as you write checks and you disperse your funds, where, does, where do things get classified? And is this a necessary expense? A lot of readers, Philip, get to the end of a month or a year, and they get frustrated because they say, hey, those expenses are too high. Or I don't think that's right. But when you talk to the business owner who wrote all the checks and made all the payments, they can't recall where their money went. Spending the time inside your profit and loss to know what makes up each category is very powerful in learning to control your expenses and spend your resources where they bring the greatest value. Is there any particular software accounting software that uh, is generally used by dentists? I know at our firm, we're 100% QuickBooks, uh, mm -hmm. and it's only QuickBooks online, and uh, there's some reasons for that. I know there's other firms that use uh, some various packages. Uh, I find, and most clients find, that QuickBooks more than meets the need. I have had clients over the years who actually wanted to keep paper ledgers, and for them, with their age, that worked. The problem there is, is it doesn't give you comparability. It doesn't give you the ability to print reports and know very quickly where your money goes. So I tend to be someone who says, let's invest in the software, which is very inexpensive. Let's set it up to a dental-specific format, meaning create your chart of accounts, uh, your general ledger accounts, so that they reflect what goes on inside a dental practice. They're not comparable to a trucking company or to a real estate company, but they're tailored so that you can quickly identify what's going on inside your dental practice. Setup of QuickBooks is important. Like you said, all the categories, the chart of accounts are all set up so that once you start putting in the services, it all calculates properly. And I guess some of this stuff, is it tied into their practice management software, like when they do a procedure, or is it a separate entity working in the accounting area? It's a separate entity. That's a good question, Philip. Um, the practice management software generally uh, does not link to QuickBooks. There mm -hmm. are some that link out there. Um, 
but the financial side of this equation is kept separately inside QuickBooks. I like that because there's so many factors that go on inside the dental practice software that having it separate gives a little bit more accountability to the details. Uh, you can run reports and other things that are that are not available inside the practice management system. Yeah, yeah, I think keeping it separate is also just takes the complexity out of it all because, you know, there's things that dentists do, they do procedures, they may not bill for it every time, um, and it just would get so complex for the accounting department to keep up with the ongoing routine procedures that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that what you really want out of your accounting software uh, to maximize the use of that P&L is uh, readability, usability. You want to be able to pick that up, Philip, and look at it and go, you know what, I was suspicious that I had overspent in this particular category, or I was suspicious maybe I'm not spending enough. So you want a statement that you can pick up, read, see, and use to change your habits as a business owner, that's where the value of a profit and loss statement is maximized is when it it educates the reader and they become a better business owner because they understand what it's telling them and it changes their behaviors. Mm -hmm. Just out of curiosity, should the CPA set up the QuickBooks file for the dental office? Should they set that all up in, from the get-go? In my mind, yes. Here's why. Let's say you set up a dental practice in April of a year and you don't let your CPA see it till the after December, after the year's closed, and the transactions are not recorded correctly. Then the dentist has a really significant amount of work to do to correct all those transactions that were recorded incorrectly. If it's set up by a dental CPA at the onset, and the process of recording transactions is shown to the to the dentist and their the CPA can be available to answer questions the quality of the accounting records goes up tremendously which ultimately makes it a better tool for the business owner to manage their business mm -hmm. and also just having the CPA uh, reconcile the accounts or balance the books every year prior to creating the returns, it seems like it would just be a lot less complex to have all that stuff set up in a, originally by the accountant office and then maintained at least once a year. Do you agree? I do. In fact, I would have the CPA look at it on a regular basis because remember, if something's not right and you're making a decision, then you could be misinformed because the records were not correct. Mm -hmm. So we all see, based on what you said today uh, in this podcast about the importance of a profit and loss statement, what can go wrong with it? What can go wrong with a profit and loss statement is first, you've commingled transactions. You don't commingle transactions between business and personal and expect to have a good outcome. Let me give you an example. You need a loan for your practice. You're going to go add a cone beam or add a milling machine. And you take that profit and loss statement that you did down to the bank, and the banker says, well, I'm sorry, I can't approve the loan because you're not profitable. And you explain to the banker, oh, I am, but I've got a lot of my personal transactions in here too. A bad outcome is when the profit and loss doesn't reflect the economic activity of the practice. Another situation is when the reader, which is the dentist, looks at the financial statements, the, the profit and loss statement in particular, 
and bases a decision like adding additional space and renting that space to the practice or making an equipment purchase and doesn't understand they're not operating profitably as is because they don't look at their statements and they don't know what's going on. The profit and loss statement has a story to tell. And if that story is not taken into context, decisions are made which can actually worsen the financial condition of the dentist. So having a good profit and loss statement, looking at it on a regular basis, knowing the transactions that go into that profit and loss statement are correct, the reader, the dentist, makes the best management decisions with the best information so that they get the greatest reward financially for the work they put into their practice. Mm -hmm. Very well said. So one last question before we wrap this up. Should a dentist looking for an accountant ask the accountant, hey, how much experience do you have working with dental practices? Is that something that you recommend? It is. Um, I've had many clients come to our firm over the years. I've looked at the work done by another CPA firm that wasn't dental specific. And I've told the client, I don't see anything wrong with the work but I doubt that you're getting industry-specific information coupled with that data. And I've been amazed how many times clients have said, that's why I came to your firm. I needed to know something other than whether or not I was just having a good bottom line. I needed the profit and loss statement to be interpreted, and then where could I improve? Do I need to hire a hygienist, or am I overstaffed on the front desk? Are my dental supplies comparable to my peers for the same type of practice? It's that interpretation of the numbers that you get with a dental CPA firm that can make all the difference in, in, in the decision process that you have as you move your business forward. And I, I think that's the value that we bring. There's plenty of great CPA firms out there, but dental-specific helps you uh, correlate the information from QuickBooks or another system with the decisions and the operations of your practice. And I would think that with all the stuff that dentists are thinking about, they have enough to think about regarding procedures and materials and staying up to date on all the new technology that's coming out there. For them to start becoming their own financial expert without the expertise of someone like you or another CPA that's dental specific, it doesn't make sense. So what you're saying is uh, great advice. And um, I hope our listeners uh, take that seriously, that bit of advice, because they certainly want to make their life a lot easier down the road. I really appreciate your time, Trent. Thanks so much for being on the show. We have you coming up soon. We're going to be talking about benchmarking your profit and loss statement in the next episode. So uh, stay tuned for that, folks. And thanks, Trent, again. Thank you, Philip. And I look forward to being back together with you.